Chapter 32. I've come to measure you up. I peer back in the British Museum temple, in the chamber of blocks behind the screen. I hear the buzzing and tinkling of the portal, but I can't see it. The wizened dwarf queen stands nearby. She speaks. Can I interest you in potions or magic items? I've run out of my own potions and I desperately need to get back to the Coes. I ask her for a travel potion and she shows it to me, a hologram floating in the air in front of me. I snatch at it but my fingers go straight through. That'll be two and six. Two and six? I go to my inventory but I'm almost spent up from buying ingredients for the potions I made at Cowper's. I have eightpence only. Can I get credit? She shakes her head. No credit. The coast could be dying right now. I wheedle. I need the potion. Her lips harden. No credit. I pull out a gun. The queen stares at the silver PPK. Whatever this dwarf thing is, it can still die. And from its glassy eyes, I see it's frightened of dying. I cock the pistol and the dwarf queen gasps, stepping back. I level the PPK at her head. I don't want to do this, but you leave me no choice. Give me the potion. No. I don't have time for this. Give me the potion. She steps back further. If you kill me, you won't get the potion. She's right. I lick my lips. Then I'll be no worse off, but you will. You'll be dead. All right, but I curse you. She produces the opalescent liquid in its bottle. I don't fear her curse. I feel cursed enough already. You have stolen something serious, minus twenty reputation. Your reputation is now minus five. You'll be shot on sight by the authorities. I say, you brought it to this. I'm happy to pay you when I've got the money. Too late, you're cursed. She gives a wicked smile. But the curse will find you when you least expect it. Not now, maybe not tomorrow or next year, but one day. Something in my mind twists. I think of shooting her anyway. Then reason masters my anger at her stupidity. And a returning potion. I can see the hate and fear in her eyes, but she sees my pistol and produces a small bottle of sapphire blue liquid. Thanks. I drink the pearly travel potion. I appear in the snowy wastes outside the nameless city where we arrived before. I see our footprints in the snow, and I run to Lacoze. Exertion meter in the red with a 40% movement penalty. I have to slow just outside the city. I walk until it drops into the amber, then the green. I jog, just keeping it in green. The tumours on the walls of the city are all burst now. The cold ones have gone to repel the invaders. It takes far too long, but then I'm back at the palace of Azathoth, the Colosseum. I see the thing that was Mervyn Gerdrock towering over the crowd of cold ones who shuffle and shamble and flutter their foul wings. Lacoze has retreated into a recess in the wall, he must have climbed up twenty feet using footholds in the honeycombed rock. I stand behind them all and they don't notice me. The Cold Ones and the Brothers of Shadow are so eager to rip Lacoze apart, they don't turn round. I cock both my pistols. Time to make a difference. I remember Miranda. I failed with her. I can't afford to fail with this. Let the dead bury their dead. My job is with the living. The first bullets hit the massed ranks of Cold Ones and they turn but I'm like a machine. I place eight shots each side. Aim, squeeze, aim, squeeze, then reload. The cold ones are a tide, a vile, verminous, venomous tide, and I shoot them all down. 
At least I'm taking some pressure off Lacoste. He's up there in the wall, popping at them with his pistols. He must have run out of shotgun ammo. How long before he runs out of nine millimeter shells? I shoot another cold one. Level up. Congratulations, you are now level eight. I shoot and back off, feeling the kick of the pistols pulling up with my last shots. I need to keep my elbows steady as I mow down the tide of insects. The floor below me is slick with their green blood. Above them, I see the monstrous Mervyn Gerdrock advance towards Lycos. However many I kill, more come, but I'm giving them cause to hesitate, and they're not rushing as crazily forward to their own death. The smell of their acrid blood hangs in the air as well as the smell of the cordite from my pistols. I need to reload. I check how many rounds I have left. Twenty-one nine-millimeters, plus the one I have chambered in the browning and the three in the magazine of the PPK. There's a hell of a lot more than twenty-five of them, and I don't hit every time. Luckily their swarm is so dense it makes killing them easier. There's sweat on my lip. I'm backing away and they're still coming. I squeeze the trigger. I put a round through the forehead of some roach thing and it goes down. You've killed a cold one. 200 XP. Less XP now I'm level 8. The circular wall of the Colosseum curves round behind me. I decide to do what Lacoz has done and I break and run. When I run, they run after me, but I have a head start. I'm about a yard from the wall when I sense they're close enough to grab me if I go down here. On impulse, I pivot. I hit thrust, the spell placed on my hot bar. A pulse of energy bursts from my eyes and sends them back about six feet. It doesn't hurt them, but I hit thrust again and buy more space. I turn and dash for the Colosseum wall. Like Lacoze's wall opposite, the Yellowstone is honeycombed with holes. Frantically, I grab and pull and I'm up. I go as fast as I can up the wall, looking for somewhere I can lodge and fire down. A cold one grabs at my foot and I turn and hit thrust again. He tumbles down the wall. I'm about 15 feet up, but I have a long way to go. I consider my mana, 560 out of 800, and each thrust costs me 10. I can keep doing this for a while. My plan was to take some of the heat off Lacoze. He has better firearm skills than me. He'll do more damage. And he has Mervyn Gerdrock on him. I use thrust again to send the cold ones tumbling down the wall. This time I get damage messages. Cold one suffers minus 7 hit points from falling. Cold one suffers minus 8 hit points from falling. A bunch of them are mildly hurt. Okay, so that's a bonus. I go up higher. The higher they fall from, the more damage they'll do. Hell, they might even die. They're way below me now, but mindlessly they begin to scale the wall again, fresh ones and wounded ones dripping ichor from their wounds. Finally, at about 30 feet up, I find a big space hollowed out of the yellow stone by winds from beyond time. I can get my body in it, brace with my legs and be secure. I take the opportunity to glance over to Lacoze. He's managed to get himself way up high near the top of the wall. Godra can't reach him, but by the fact he's hurling rocks, I assume Lacoze is out of ammo. With a tongue like a chameleon hunting a fly, Gerdrock spits a gob of green ichor up at the wall at Lacoze. I look down at the cold ones scaling the wall. They're about ten feet below me. I use thrust again and the energy pulse knocks them off the wall. This time two of them do die and I get 400 XP. But they're starting to figure out that coming up after me is suicidal and I see them now standing, thinking, at the bottom, if they can think. I've now got eight bullets in each pistol. I level and take a shot at Gerdrock. 
He's on the other side of the Colosseum, spitting up his guts at Lacoe's. I miss. I fire again. I miss again. I fire again. Miss yet again. This is just wasting ammo. But I try one more time. I put down the PPK and sight along the browning. It's a longer barrel and might be more accurate. I stop my breathing. Take aim at Gerdrock's open skull with its pulsing fungal brain. I squeeze, and the gun lifts as a bullet leaves it. Instantly I get a message. 22 damage minus 50 damage reduction equals zero damage to Mervyn Gerdrock. Hybrid. Damn, he's got 50 resistance to all damage that isn't magical. I'll have to do more than 50 to score anything on him, and my shooting is simply not that good. But, though it pinged off him, Gerdrock is looking in my direction. He's noticed me for the first time. I fire again and miss. On my fourth shot, I hit him again but do no damage. I don't know what level of intelligence the hybrid Gerdrock has. It will be sensible for it to concentrate on the cos. I fire again and Gerdrock turns in my direction and starts the move. Gerdrock is halfway across the Colosseum past the empty beds of awakened warm ones. He crushes a few cold ones who are too slow to get out of his way. Then Gerdrock raises a hand that is more like the foot of a gigantic bird, and a blue haze of vaguely net-like energy flies from it, and I'm engulfed in a graphic effect which dissipates. At the same time I get a message. Teleport lock enforced. You are henceforth unable to teleport due to an anchor spell. The returning potion won't work while that teleport lock is in place. I'm stuck here. I can just chug mana and health potions for whatever damage they get on me and throw rocks at them. As if to prove my point, I grab a hunk of stone and chuck it down, braining a cold one. You hit cold one for minus 33 hit points. Then Mervyn Gerdrock spits a gob of green which hits the wall above my head. I duck back to see the viscous slime drop, hissing. I catch the whiff of hydrochloric acid. It smells dangerous. I don't want to get hit with that stuff. Then... I see Miranda among the milling crowd of cold ones below. She stares at me with her deformed eyes. My heart rises. I may have a chance to save her, after all. I put down the Walther and reach into my inventory to take out the elixir. I have the remains of the first bottle, and the third still in my inventory. Lacoze has the second. I'm sure I can hit her from here. If the elixir hits her, it could transform her back and save her life. She could awake from the cold sleep they put her in. Then. I see the cold ones close by her. If she's saved, they'll rip her apart. A gob of acid from Gerdrock flies through the air and hits me. I scream in pain. You suffer 75 acid damage. Health 525 out of 800. But worse, there's a damage over time effect. For the next 10 seconds, I take 5 acid damage per second. Health 475 out of 800. This is not a stalemate. This is a slow defeat. Ignoring Gerdrock, I focus on Miranda and the cold one standing by her. Maybe I can grab her and pull her up after me. But first I have to kill the cold ones that might hurt her. One to her left has a moth head. The one to her right is a louse. The third behind her is still mostly human, with a mouth that dribbles slug slime and hands the soft flesh of a gastropod. If I kill them, I could get her. I have the browning in my right hand and the elixir in my left. I fire three times in controlled shots and I kill the three cold ones. The rest of them don't expect me to drop down, neither does Gerdrock. He spits acid again but misses because I've lowered myself. Then I jump to the ground. I grab at Miranda. Her body is soft and flaccid as I touch it. Her spider eye looks into mine and her mouth opens. 
I see inside her throat a million tiny worms writhe in there. Her arms wind round mine, a thousand slim tendrils covered in fine, chitinous hair. I'm nearly sick, but this is Miranda. I insop the elixir and splash it on her. Instead of being cleansed back into life, she screams in agony. The elixir hisses like acid as it burns into her screaming face. And I remember what Cowper said, the elixir burns evil. Miranda withers and screams like a slug dashed with salt. She collapses in a foaming mess, her breath coming out like air from a vent. My head spins. It shouldn't have happened like that. I've killed her. I came to save her, but I killed her. I stand in a stupor and Gerdrock takes advantage. He spits acid and it hits me. I see my hit point bar and the HUD is only just at half. I'm down to 53% health now. Lacoze is coming down from his safe place. His glowing rune knife is in his hand. Gerdrock, he shouts, I'm here. Come and get me. Gerdrock's head turns, but he grunts something and the cold ones turn and go for Lacoze. He'll never kill all of them with his knife. A coiling tentacle extrudes from Gerdrock's mouth. It's feeling its way, reaching up for me. I could shoot, but I know I won't get through his defences against ordinary weapons. Gerdrock's tongue wiggles and inches its way up along the ground. It's about three feet from me. Why didn't I think of this before? I've got two bottles of holy water that I took from the water of the White Spring at Glastonbury. I grab one from the inventory and with an overhand flip, it smashes on the tongue and he withdraws it, thrashing wildly in a cloud of steam. Mervyn Gerdrock, hybrid, suffers 300 holy damage from your potion. 300, and it bypassed his damage reduction. My elation is short-lived when I realise I only have one more bottle of holy water. Now crab-like arms with pincers emerge from Gerdrock's side and he shuffles towards me. I risk a glance and see Lacoste behind Gerdrock. He's taken down about four cold ones, but there are more going for him. As well as the crab claws, three more tentacles erupt from Gerdrock's head and soar towards me, enraged by the damage I've caused. I hurl the last holy water at the tentacles. Gerdrock shrieks in rage and anger and pain as it hits. A sweet scent of roses arises from the holy water, mixed with a disgusting stink of rot from the ruptured tentacles. Mervyn Gerdrock, hybrid, suffers 300 holy damage from your potion. But that's that. No more holy water. He hesitates. He doesn't know I have no more potion. I back off, then tentacles shoot out from his side, and I'm caught in Gerdrock's writhing arms. The tentacles wrap around me, squeezing and burning. I take catastrophic damage, down to 225 out of 800 almost instantly. This will take only seconds. Dying because I didn't buy more bottles of holy water for a few pennies each, I thought they might help with the potion making. I was so taken up with the quest to make the elixir of life, all to save Miranda. I remember how the elixir of life burned Miranda, but I only have one more bottle. I take it out of my inventory and the glowing golden flask appears in my right hand. Gerdrock's arms are wrapped around me and he's lifting me towards his mouth, which has split open and become the maw of some disgusting worm. Instead of needle teeth, he has banks and banks of writhing grubs like thousands of parasitic creatures living inside his mouth. They close on me. Health, 72 out of 800. One more bite and I'm dead. With my left hand, I shove the glowing elixir of life into Gerdrock's mouth, and he explodes. Mervyn Gerdrock hybrid suffers 10,000 holy damage from the elixir of life. You have completed the quest of the Nameless City. 5,000 XP awarded. 
£150 awarded. Level up. Congratulations, you are now level 9. I'm on the floor with Lacoz. There are still plenty of cold ones, but they're milling around. He runs over to me to help me up. I grab the returning potion I stole from the Queen. Drink it. With Gerdrog dead, his anchor spell is gone. Within seconds we're in the rock wall chamber. I can hear the portal buzzing. The wizened queen stands over me. I sip a health potion and feel better. I hand some to Lacoz, who swigs it back and wipes his mouth. I take money from my inventory and pay the queen double what it's worth. She doesn't smile, but I get reputation back. You have done a good deed, plus twenty reputation. I then withdraw my soma from my inventory and load it into the syringe. Don't, Lacoz says. I'm not at full sanity. Don't. Go meditate. Just don't use that stuff. I put the syringe away. I can find a church. He's right. Lacoz looks at me. Let's get out of here. I turn to the queen. Do you sell bullets? She doesn't crack a smile. No. Thought not. I turn to Lacoz. Let's go. We retrace our steps through the monstrous temple where Gerdrock had given audience, then up the staircase. We run into a brother of shadow. I take out my pistols, but they click empty. I'm out, I say. Lacoz takes out his rune knife. I'm not. Lacoz buries the knife in the needle-toothed brother of shadows, who dies noisily up against the passage wall. As we walk off, I turn to see his twitching form, black blood pooling on the cold stone. We don't go back to the tube station, but instead walk up to the ground floor of the museum and break out through the huge museum doors. I don't get negative reputation. I guess breaking out of a place doesn't count as disreputable. I stand on a London street. The co says, get safe, then log out. We'll meet again. In the meantime, the boss wants to add you to the guild. Me, the non-joiner, being part of the Guild of Light. A cloud of shining motes appears where Lacoz used to be before he logged off. Find somewhere safe to log off, he said. I need to keep out of the way of the police. They may not shoot me on sight at 15 reputation, but they'll probably arrest me. I walk up Drury Lane and onto High Holborn, then head west until I find an unassuming hotel. I pay enough for three nights in cash to the receptionist, who acts like he's doing me a favour by accepting my custom. Then, in a narrow bedroom with a view of a wall, I log out. 